0: Ahoy, friends! I'm John Miller, and once again, you are listening to Everybody Trades. And today, yes, that music that I just played can only mean one thing for me playing off one of the greatest shows of all time, quite frankly. One of the greatest comedies of all time Looney Tunes. Yes, I tell you, I really mean that. The older I get, the more I realize just how brilliant this stuff is because. Not only is being funny probably the hardest thing you can do in a creative endeavor, it's also really hard for humor to work on multiple levels for multiple age groups. For instance, when I was a kid, growing up watching Looney Tunes, watching Bugs Bunny, whatever it might be, Daffy, the whole gang, my dad would be laughing along too. Now, that shows something right there. That shows a level of writing and a level of production that is really difficult to find. Few things have ever been able to pull that off. I'd say The Simpsons have certainly pulled it off. I don't know a lot of other things that do. And a great example of that is a cartoon t- titled Draft E. Daffy. Not draft E. as in, hey, there's a draft in the house, but draft E. is in, he was drafted into the United States Army. And it's interesting to note, this episode came out in 1945. So presumably when it was in production, the war had yet to even be decided. And obviously when people think of draft dodging, they're much more apt to think of the Vietnam era and certainly not World War II in 1945, but obviously Looney Tunes as usual ahead of the curve. So this episode starts with Daffy Duck reading the newspaper, reading about the U.S.'s exploits overseas. Well, Let's take a listen to what that sounds like and just how excited Daffy gets when he realizes that the United States is winning.
1: U.S. Army announces a smashing frontal attack on enemy rear. A smashing frontal attack on enemy rear? Hooray! Oh, hooray for the red, white, and blue! Oh, hooray for the red, white, and blue! Doodle went to town riding on the pony, like Teddy did at San Juan Hill. And this is no baloney. If I could be with you one hour tonight, if I was there to do the things I might. <laughs> From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, hear those bells of freedom ringing. Oh no, it's just a phone for me.
0: So Daffy's patriotic little song and dance number there was interrupted by a phone call, and I don't know. I just really enjoy. I just love get a kick out of hearing him sing those those songs. The melody of patriotic songs that are many of them are are uh, words that are taken from real. Like the Marine Hymn, for instance. That's an actual song, that uh, lyrics from the song that he throws in there. It's kind of an amalgamation of a bunch of things. It's not just one song that he's singing there, obviously. But Daffy's not only excited about the United States winning, he's acting like, oh boy, if I was there, I'd, I couldn't wait to jump into the fray. Well, again, he was, he was interrupted by a phone call. Let's hear what that phone call sounded like.
1: Hello? Yes? This is Daffy Duck. You say you have a letter for me from the president? You'll bring it right over? Oh, you're the little man from the draft board. Jeez, thanks. Oh, the little man from the draft board is coming to see me. Oh, the, 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 the man from the draft board. Oh, yes!
0: So it turns out, of course, our cowardly Daffy, not quite... As excited for the fray as he might have led you to believe there with his song and dance number. Yes, there's nothing quite as inspiring as watching troops go off to battle when you're not going with them. Am I right? So then the episode shifts into more of sort of the cartoony stuff that you would expect. It's a lot of Daffy just running from the draft board man and cowardly trying to escape in every way. But everything he tries doesn't work. Somehow the draft board guy always catches up with him. Till then at the very end, Daffy runs into a safe. Then the draft board guy follows him in, but Daffy then jumps out, locks him in a safe, and then proceeds to erect an entire brick wall, framing and everything, in about five seconds. Then he takes off in a mad dash, gets on a rocket, lights the rocket, going off to space, presumably, but then it takes a dive and sends Daffy down into the depths.
1: Hey, what's cooking? Where am I? Hey, this place looks like Hey, it is. I am in. Oh well. Anyway, I sure put it over on that dope from the draft board. Oh, here well, now, I wouldn't say that. No no, 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 no,
0: So yes, even in hell. Daffy Duck cannot escape from the guy from the draft board. It's impossible. I I imagine sort of like the IRS. I imagine that even in hell that the United States government will somehow manage to tax you. I'm, I'm quite certain of that. Speaking of taxes, I actually want to go back. That reminds me of something. I want to go back to that song, the song that Daffy Duck was singing, that amalgamation of all those different patriotic songs. Well, one of them was the Marine Corps hymn and it was indeed the first two lines of the Marine Corps hymn maybe you caught that and maybe you're totally unaware of it well let's hear let's hear just that part really quickly
1: from the halls of montezuma to the shores of tripoli
0: from the halls of montezuma to the shores of tripoli now if you're asking yourself what in the world do the halls of montezuma and the shores of Tripoli have to do with the United States Marine Corps, I will totally forgive you for that, because that is an understandable question. Now, at least Montezuma in Mexico is in North America, but you're probably going Tripoli. What is so special about Tripoli to to the Marine Corps? Again, another great question. Please head to the front of the class. Well, if you get out a map or a globe... Find Libya, because that is where Tripoli is and was. Modern day, it wasn't called Libya at the time. No, it was just there were a bunch of states called the Barbary States, among them Tripoli. Now, Tripoli sits at the extreme north of Libya, right on the Mediterranean Sea, and specifically in the Gulf of Sidra. Now, for centuries... The Gulf of Cedra, and far before the United States was ever around, that's for sure, that area was controlled by people in Tripoli who are Muslims. So essentially, Muslims controlled that area that they laid claim to their sea for centuries, even before the United States even existed. Well, over time, as Europeans and then American tradesmen wanted to pass through and make tr- and indeed make trades essentially make money overseas they needed to pass through that region and well over time the taxes would keep going up and up and up and up the united states was actually expected to make annual payments to tripoli to the pasha of tripoli but eventually thomas jefferson took office and decided you know what we're not going to be doing that anymore And as the Britannica Online put it, the Pasha of Tripoli made a dramatic, that's their word, dramatic declaration of war on the United States of America. Now to me, Pearl Harbor was a dramatic declaration of war. That involved planes and things blowing up and battleships being destroyed and people being killed, soldiers. What exactly was the Pasha of Tripoli? this state of Tripoli going to do in 1801 to the United States. Again, planes don't exist. They don't have a navy. And indeed, somebody tell me if I'm wrong, was one person from Tripoli ever dispatched to the United States for some sort of battle? Any any ships? Anything? I'm waiting. I think the answer is no. I think we all know that the answer is no to that. So, I would call that probably the least dramatic declaration of war I've ever seen, but Britannica would have you believe that, ooh, it was dramatic. So apparently the United States government didn't like being tariffed, essentially. Well, isn't there some irony there if you look at the, the landscape of 2019? Oh, tariffs. are one of the worst things people ever came up with because it sure does seem like that old saying of, When goods don't cross borders, soldiers will. That sure seems to be the case in what became known as the First Barbary War. Despite the fact that Jefferson was really anti-Navy, mostly in large part because of just how expensive a Navy actually is. You see, the United States was a very young country, obviously in 1801, they're not exactly flowing in the riches of the crown like the British Empire was, for instance. So they really didn't have the ability to pay these exorbitant fees that E wanted, quite frankly. But did that give the United States the right to dispatch its navy and essentially do whatever it wanted over there? Uh, I don't think so. And quite frankly, I think George Washington would have agreed with me, at least if you look at his words in the farewell address and indeed some of jefferson's own words but unfortunately it seems like america's neutrality especially in the eyes of the founding fathers was always they were always much better in theory than in practice let's put it that way because as you can see it didn't take too long for essentially america to abandon its neutrality Again, the people like Britannica who try to act like Tripoli was the aggressor in this scenario, boy, that is just, that's a tough one for me. I'm sorry, when you're the ones, if they would have had ships in the Chesapeake Bay, then I would agree with you. Then I would say absolutely. Tripoli's Navy, being in the Chesapeake Bay, yeah, that's aggressive. But America's Navy, being in the Gulf of Cedra, I'm sorry, that makes us the aggressor. Washington said in his farewell address on September 19th, 1796. Harmony, liberal intercourse with all nations are recommended by policy, humanity, and interest. But even our commercial policy should hold an equal and impartial hand, neither seeking nor granting exclusive favors or preferences, consulting the natural course of things. Diffusing and diversifying by gentle means the streams of commerce, but forcing nothing. Establishing with powers so disposed in order to give trade a stable course. So even when Washington is specifically talking about not just foreign policy in terms of war, but foreign trade, he's saying, do things gently, force nothing. That's pretty clear language, if you ask me. And even Thomas Jefferson would say in his inaugural pledge to the nation, and he was no less clear, he said, peace, commerce, and honest friendship with all nations, entangling alliances with none. For the American government to think that it had any right to aggressively dictate terms in somewhere halfway across the globe is truly arrogant it really is when you're that young of a nation and you're just going to start swinging your big thing around known as the navy well i guess you can do it when you have a navy i guess that's the lesson but just because something can be done doesn't mean it should be done our relationship with libya has had obvious strains obvious aggressive problems for years and just with the Middle East in general, has anything gone well in terms of our relations with the West, you know, the America, the West, whatever you want to call it, and that world, and that part of the world? Is the West sticking its Navy and its nose and its Marine Corps in every little corner of the globe? Is that making us better? Is that granting us a lot of friends in other parts of the world? I don't know. I think George Washington had it right. And I think Jefferson had it right too, at least in his own words, his own theories, but his actions ultimately betrayed him and set America rather quickly down a path of foreign intervention that we're still in and we're, it got worse really with every single year. Sure, 20 years later you had the Monroe Doctrine. Well, great. that That worked out in some very small ways, but Europe managed to just start sticking its fingers in every corner of its part of the globe while America just stuck its fingers in Latin America and all that stuff. So they just were like, hey, we'll we'll divide up the booty at that point. That was essentially what the Monroe Doctrine was, right? I don't know. I'm with Switzerland. I think we should be neutral, and I'm with George Washington. I think neutrality is the way to go, and we're actually much stronger if we're a defensive nation and not an offensive nation. See, if the Department of Defense became the Department of Offense, at least they'd be honest. Because that's really what we're doing at this point. Just bring, bring all of our warships. Bring them all home. Sit them in our gulfs. Sit them on our coasts. That'll be real protection then. How about that? And with that notion, I'm going to get out of here. Made a, made a big leap from that Daffy episode, didn't we? But you loved it. You know you did. I'm having a lot of fun with this show, and I hope you are, too. And with that, let's get out of here on this Friday afternoon. Thanks for joining me once again on Everybody Trades.
1: That's all, folks.